Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. I think we've seen more XJs in the last two weeks than all the years. I think everybody just went out, traded their light bars in for XJs. XJs. I really think so. Uh, Get rid of their $1,200 light bar for a, you know, $500 XJ. The Modern Jeeper Show. The show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Matt's from Metal Cloak here, and welcome to episode 227 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Corey and Jesse are back, kind of. I was able to catch them somewhere in the middle of Kansas. They were heading across country from the PA Allbreeds Jeep Show to Colorado's All for Fun. We catch up on the last several weeks of events and activities, including the New Jersey Jeep Invasion and the dozen or so CTI tour stops they've done over the last 18,000 miles. As usual, we get fairly random in the show, including discussing Corey's post-surgery recovery, Jesse's new Go Mammoth aluminum tent, Jeepers Jamboree, the saga of the locker sensor problem on Funshine, revisiting Spiderweb Shade, and what you do when confronted by a Ford Explorer going N over N on the freeway towards you. You can watch this episode despite its sketchy video work at youtube.com slash modern jeeper. As always, we're incredibly grateful for this episode to our supporters and friends, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, Nacho Lighting, Adventure Rack Systems, and of course, Metal Cloak. By the way, if you do like this episode, please smash that like button, give a five-star review, and share it with your friends. Now, sit back, relax to the cold one, and enjoy episode 227 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers. Matt's from Metal Cloak here, and it's another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. And we have Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. And, and I, I'm hesitating because it's been so long since I've like been able to introduce you guys. How you doing, Corey? It's, uh, it's been a little bit. Yeah, we're doing good. We're alive. Good, good. And Rock Steel Jeep Girl, Jesse. What's going on? You know, it, there was a point in time in our in our history where like no matter what was happening we'd do a show lately you guys are doing so much that it's like doing a show is a um is a challenge it's a it's it's a challenge to stop someplace and be someplace where you can do a show even now where are you guys driving in the middle of where you at right now we are actually in the middle of kansas um heading back from being on the east coast for about three weeks or so and we're actually headed uh, tomorrow morning, we'll be set up in Colorado at the All for Fun event in Empire. And and you're exactly right. I mean, we've had a few folks reaching out going, hey, 
hope everybody's okay and hope things are all right and we're alive and, uh, yep we're alive and and uh we'll get caught back up here one of these days but you're you're right our schedules lately and even your schedule and and us with we we've put about eighteen thousand miles on the truck in four and a half months that's all events so yeah it's been a little crazy <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah, and it's you, how many how many CTIs do you think you've done in that four and a half months? Oh, uh, it's got to be over three fifty something like that. Um, you know, and I will. So this this last tour, you know, the last time we did a podcast, we were actually we had just gotten back. We did a recap of the Artemis rally, and then right. uh, of course I had surgery. This is. This is the first time uh, anybody's actually seen, uh, you know, I'm, I'm healing. Yeah. I don't know how clear that is, but uh, it's getting better. The big hole in my forehead. But this last trip, we were headed out to New Jersey Jeep Invasion out in Wildwood, New Jersey. Stop by a shout out to, again, all of our, our jobbers this year who have, you know, kind of been there to support us as we've come through and either stopped it with CTI event or, or just stopped by to say hi, OCD, Bull Run 4x4, uh, Globex, Mount Zion Off-Road, Slinging Mud, Slingin mud all these guys that that do what shops do, right? They're, they're working hard in the middle of this giant heat wave. The, the folks at Blinker Fluid Productions that put on the New Jersey Jeep Invasion, what a, what a great event that is. You know, all these events have kind of struggled in the past couple of years because of coming out of COVID and, and things like that. And uh, I think that uh, everybody's kind of getting back on their feet. Well, that's, how was the attendance like? I, mean, I saw some of the aerial the footage of the New Jersey Jeep Invasion and it seemed, seemed to be well-packed. Yeah, you know, the, the Jeep Invasion itself was extremely busy. And excuse me, but I'm going to make some quick uh, adjustments as we lost our, our camera here. Yeah, I can see um, I got a nice picture of you from, we had it been 10 years ago, you know, hat, no facial hair. You'd have, you need to update your profile picker. I can see you guys now, though. Well, you can see us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at Jesse right now. There you go. Frozen on the screen. All right. Nice. Well, as long as you can you can see us and hear us. Yeah, we're good. We can always. So next time that happens, we'll just superimpose a picture of you with the hole in your forehead. Um, <laughs> while while you, you if go. I can still hear you, but then everybody will have that vision of just this big giant hole in your head. So how, well, that, been, uh, by the way, just to kind of wrap that up, because I did let our, our, our fans know that it was a bit of a struggle. Like, is that feeling good? Is it fine? Is it healed? Do you still get headaches or, or what's or? It's it's numb between my eyes is a little numb. And I think that's just scar tissue and whatnot trying to heal mm. uh, the actual incision and stuff. It's kind of weird. I still can't do the surprised face. Because um, <laughs> if I if I raise my eyebrows, it kind of still pulls all that stuff on my forehead. So wow. So do you have? A, can you do the furrowed brow? You know, kind of the angry furrowed brow. Hey, or you just, I don't or do you think have? So you have just kind of this placid look now. 
<laughs> Nobody knows. Is he angry? Is he surprised? What, what, what's this be that, that plastic, you know, um, what is it? The stuff that people inject in their faces, Jesse? Botox. Yeah. The Botox. Got yeah. Free Botox. <laughs> yeah. You got free Botox. <laughs> Awesome. He got a chunk of skin missing from his body. So, wow, yeah, no good. Well, good. I'm glad they threw that. So, okay, so you did. You hit it out. You did New Jersey Jeep invasion. Well, let's see. I mean, let's. Armist rally happens. You do that. Then, I'm I'm, I'm even lost in like your track of time. Did you guys go back home after Artemis, or did you? Stay? Yeah. Yep. You we went back home we after went Artemis, back home and that's when I had surgery. Okay, well, that's right. We did stop at shops on the way back, didn't we? True. It's been too many days. Man, I don't know. Too many sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, then you, uh, then you went back out, did yes. uh, New Jersey Jeep Invasion. Was that the Was that the first event, or was there another event before that? Uh, no, we were just working our way through shops on the way out. To right. New right. So we did a couple of CTI stops on the way out there and then made a couple of stops. Of course, that was, you know, 4th of July weekend and, and everybody right. was out uh, doing things with their families and, and you know, off-roading like they should be. Right. What did you guys do on 4th of July? Uh, we were at home, actually. We didn't oh. do anything because I had surgery the next day. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep track of it. Yeah, I can't keep track of any of this stuff. It's hard enough keeping track of if, if everybody could see my my board over here where I'm trying to keep track of all the events, keep track of the people. We're at the point now where there's other, there's another board in the sales team area where they're keeping track of like where their schedules are and how they're where, what event they're supposed to go to who's taking time off and trying to coordinate all that. Cause we get, end up having to do one of these moments. Wait a second. Wait, 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 you're going to event, you're taking time off and you've got a half day. There's not going to be anybody in the office. What's going on? I'm going to have <laughs> I'm going to have to answer the phones. I don't want to do that anymore. Right. So much more fun to just fly into an event. Right. <laughs> so you, you did that. Your, yeah. So New Jersey Jeep Invasion. Then you made your way up and uh, saw our buddy Mike at Mount Zion. Yes. And what, you know, again, what a, an amazing shop. And uh, Mike and his guys are, are always so helpful for us. And it was good to see them because we've, We've skipped that area because typically this time of year, we're all, all of us are in Oregon. Right, right. Yeah. We used, used to do the Tillamook event. We used to. Remember back in the day when we did the Tillamook Modern Jeep Adventure? Back in the back day. In the yeah, yeah. Running the sand dunes. Remember those days? Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of crazy because, you know, guys, listen, Corey would be on the East Coast and then drive all the way out to get to to get to Tillamook, to then turn around and go all the way back out to go to another event, all for fun. Actually, probably, most likely. That was a lot of back and forth. Yes, yes. And so this year has definitely been a a refocus kind of year. You know, we've we've spent a lot of time um, building relationships with all of our installers, all of our customers. You know, and I I want to talk a little bit about that, too, because our, our customers, of course, are what keep us uh, coming out to events and, and helping them out. And yeah, I saw some comments even in our, our Metal Cloak Owners Forum uh, and, and on the Metal Cloak Owners Club Facebook page of guys really wanting to get some more ideas about how to get more flex out of their Jeeps and whatnot. 
And I just, I, I hope that people don't get frustrated when we do have a big line. Um, it's hard for us to spend better than, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes with someone. And then if I find out later that they do want more help, you guys can reach out to any of us, even the sales guys at Metal Cloak. Um, you know, I think one gentleman, he was looking for some more flex. And I mentioned that uh, if he went to a, one of our flares or an aftermarket fender, that he'd probably get some more. And that also involved removing bump stops and things like that. And I think he just wanted more. He wanted, he wanted more. And, and uh, you know, our, our owner's club guys are very supportive. And I think a lot of people were, were commenting, uh, there's a lot of things that come into play when we see a Jeep on the trailer and we have a few minutes to look at it. We're looking at shocks and, and springs and, and control arms and all of it, fenders, drive shafts, so much stuff. So, yeah, if, if anybody ever leaves an event and they still have more questions, please, please, please reach out to any of the three of us or call one of the sales guys at Metal Club. We'll be happy to help. Absolutely. You know, our suspension experts here are flex experts. The flex experts. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Our, flex, our flex experts. It's just flex, flex experts. The medical flex experts. Okay. That, that officially is trademarked. Flex experts. We're trademarking that. Yeah. Thanks, Corey. Flex experts. Flex experts. <laughs> okay, guys, you officially are flex experts now. Yeah, that's great. The Corey, the, 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 the corner travel index flex experts trailer <laughs> i like it i like it oh you got to get you a t-shirts now that say flexperts consult your local flexperts we are your flexperts flexperts do yes. it with coils <laughs> flexperts do it with i bushings. think we've seen more xj's in the last two weeks than all the years i think everybody just went out traded their light bars in Thank God, X-Jays. 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 <laughs> I really think so. Yeah. Uh, get rid of their twelve hundred dollar light bar for a you know five hundred dollar XJ. Well, and and that's interesting because yes. you know, XJs have definitely been had to come back. We actually, you know, we released the XJ um, gas tank skid because it was gas tank skid. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of thing on the comeback. You know, we still have that XJ body armor design. We have the XJ long arm kit design. There's been some discussion about releasing just the that front of the kit, like not producing a full kit with um, with leaf springs and everything, but just releasing the front long arm uh, belly pan with the arms themselves and that whole setup, just so people have an opportunity to kind of build their own and choose whatever coil uh, leafs they want. We just don't want to carry leafs and manufacture leafs or carry leafs or you know they take a lot of they can take a lot of shelf space or ship leafs. Yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. Too. Shipping leaf springs is no fun. Right. Well, okay. So you guys are doing on the way back doing for all for fun, which is kind of cool. There's somebody reached out to me yesterday and just said, Hey, you're going to be at all for fun. Like, yeah, absolutely. We'll be out there. Um, and that's, so it's cool because it's an event you've been going to for how many years now? Wow. A long time. I mean, all for fun and the mile high Jeep club have been putting this event together for almost as long as Easter Jeep Safari. And, um, you know, again, things we've talked about this in the past, uh, events evolve, clubs evolve, uh, the industry evolves, and uh, some new folks took over the event a couple of years ago, and I think that they, they, they've had some challenges, but, you know, they've been really good about reaching back out to us, and they understand that um, we, we will 
give folks at the event something to do on vendor day. So, um, you know, I, we kind of were hesitant about driving all the way back across from Pennsylvania to go to an event where we may run the trailer for four or five hours. Um, that's a lot to ask, but it's, it's a commitment that we, we don't mind making when we know it's for a good cause and we're, we're all about trying to get out there and help as many people as we can. So yeah, you know, it's, it's never a dull moment. I was, I was just thinking about yesterday and uh, we started our day off in uh, Pennsylvania and we had traveled, but for, I don't know, a little bit, an hour or something. And uh, I look across this divided highway that we're on, on, on the interstate. Uh, I think we were on 81. No, actually, we were on 70 already. Yeah, we were on Interstate 70. And I look across the other lane, and coming at me from the other direction, on the other side of this divided highway, is a Ford Explorer, end over end, up in the air, pirouettes, 8 to 10 feet in the air, flips a couple of times, and lands facing the other direction, almost back in on our side of the highway. And I, I got to tell our listeners that, number one, nobody was hurt, but there were two babies in the back of this Ford Explorer, both in car seats, and neither of those kids, one of the kids, he was probably two yeah. had bit his lip. So he had a little bit of a, a bloody lip. That was the only marks on either of those two kids in the back of that Explorer. Grandma was driving. She didn't really remember what had happened, but we pulled over immediately. And some other guys on the other side uh, ran down. Jesse called 911 and got her out of the car and got the babies out of the Explorer. And, you know, it's one of those instances that things can happen so fast and you don't have a whole lot of time to, to think about it. But boy, these things right here, these little straps that we wear in the cars and having kids in your car seat, they all three walked away from that. And that Explorer was toast. The engine was, she ripped the steering wheel off the dash, like the steering wheel's down the passenger forward. Oh, my. So, again, the impacts were amazing. The side curtains were all all inflated, um, which were, I was impressed. I mean, I we had to basically cut the seat belts apart to get the uh, car seats out and cut her seatbelt off to get her out of the car. But, um, yeah. Hey, guys, wear your seatbelts. Put those kids, no matter how far away you're going, in that car seat. Yes. Wow. That is, that's intense. And, you know, and it's, it is, I'll, I'll say this, and maybe not all parents have this experience, but it is pretty frustrating sometimes when you argue with your kids about buckling in. Like my daughter, Vivian, hates it, hates buckling in, right? And yet every time it's like, buckle in, buckle in. We can't go anyplace until you buckle in. Or halfway while we're driving, all of a sudden one of the other kids will say, Vivian's unbuckled. You're like, it only takes yeah. a second. It only takes a second for something to happen and to be like devastated the rest of your life because they weren't buckled in properly. The seat wasn't put in properly. And that's another part too. It doesn't even matter how well buckled in. If your seat isn't installed properly and those car seats must've been installed very well because they, otherwise I, they can go left, right, upwards, downwards. I mean, there's, there's so many things that could have gone wrong there. Yeah. 
yeah, it was um, it was pretty incredible, and and um, it's really hard when something like that happens, and you don't know what to expect. All the windows were busted, so we really couldn't see in the car. Um, the like I said, the engine was pretty much you know up up into the firewell, and and um, yeah, again, it was the thing was just mangled, and to look in the the compartment of the driver's door and see that everybody in there was very well contained and safe. And it was because they were all wearing their seatbelts. Wow. It could have so much been the the lady who had some chest pains and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, bravo to you two for stepping up as first responders and helping out. I'm sure it was a lot of people who just drive by even something like that. In that situation. And, and, um, yeah, there's some really good people on the road. And again, and then there's some other people that literally there are car parts all over our side of the road. And some people weren't even stopping. They were just driving through. I mean, there's springs and balances and plastic parts and lights scattered all over the highway. And some people are just driving right through it. And you truck know, drivers with their pictures. phones out the window trying to get a video. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, we need to do better. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, people do better, people do, do better. better. That's right. Do better. Be better. Uh, so, okay. So you're heading back for all for one. So, they, all right. So that's kind of been a recap of where you're going, and what you're doing, but what the hell else has been going on in the world of Jeeps? <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, man, I don't know. I heard there's some, some really cool stuff coming down the pipe in, in, in metal cloaks land. I heard that, uh, there's some cool colors coming out for, uh, again, this year for 2024 stuff. And that some weren't going to be released until maybe third or fourth quarter. Fairly, fairly quiet. People I think are out trying to stay cool and then maybe go to an event, go to go camping, go to an off-road. You get, you get the Rubicon of big events coming up over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. This well, this week Jeepers Jamboree. Next week, uh, Jeep Jamboree, the um, the smaller the three day event, which is actually kid friendly. Jeepers Jamboree, of course, for everybody knows, is the is the parting event. And we last week's replay episode was Bob Sweeney, um, of president of Jeepers Jamboree. So interesting insight when you were listening to that episode on just what it takes to get eight hundred rigs or a thousand rigs or whatever through. The Rubicon in a couple of days. I mean, it's just, and if you've been, I mean, we've all wheeled the Rubicon when it was just a dozen of us and some other people going and doing it. And that takes all day if it's not coordinated properly. But for them to get like on the first day, Thursday, 400 rigs, 500 rigs through from morning to in in time for dinner. That's crazy. It's incredible. It's incredible. And the fact that they're doing it. And I will say this. Bob knows everything that's going on on that trail at all times. And I'll say that I say that because that other guy that you used to work for, um, I remember going to him out of the Rubicon trip. It was dinner time or whatever. And I asked a question about who, where were people and go, I have no idea. Like he had no interest in the status of his volunteers or of the attendees coming through that trip. Yeah, that's too bad. And, and guys, it makes a difference. I mean, it makes a difference who it you does choose make a difference. to go do a trip with. 
you know um if, so if you if you have on your bucket list the rubicon and you have an opportunity to do a big trip do it with jeepers jamboree or jeep jamboree the smaller event if you have kids don't choose that other one because it really one let's put it this way one is a great adventure with some awesome people the other is you're just paying for a trip from a corporate group that has profitability in mind nothing else well at some point we may uh bring that trip back depending on our schedule down the road who who knows i i know that uh we have a, a very dear friend of ours alex gomez and and he um, was out at our, our Death Valley trip this year, and he created an amazing video. It hasn't been released yet, but um, look forward to seeing that when it's all finished and, and when it comes out, and hopefully our our followers will, will take a look at it as well, wherever we end up, wherever that video ends up landing for us. But, yeah, you know, going out on adventures with people that you trust, that's really what's most important. Yes, that is true. And people you trust, people you want to have fun with. And let's face it, Jeepers Jamboree is a party. It's a fun time. It's lots of swimming, lots of dancing, lots of music, lots of big fires, uh, movies. Metal Cloak does movies on Thursday night there and Friday night for the small trip. We uh, we sponsor movie night out there. Um, lots of drinking. There's a big bar. That's the first. That's the first trip. Second trip family friendly kids programs kids things rc cars that all fun stuff still a great more relaxing trip in fact it's kind of more fun to do that second trip for guys like me who don't party as much as i used to um just because it's relaxing you have to go out of there hang out with some people say hi to some cool people and and sleep by the water in your hammock yeah there you go and there's there's nothing better than that you know we did pick up kind of a cool thing which kind of goes hand in hand with that whole overlanding thing while we were out in New Jersey. Yeah. We happened to be very close to our friends out at Go Mammoth and got to see Johan and, and Maria. Um, not Maria. Marsha. Marsha, sorry. Um, but uh, ended up picking up a, a new tent for Jesse's rig since the one on the Gladiator is, well, that's mine. Um, <laughs> there is that. So she turns out she wanted to sleep separately from me when we go places so now she can uh do that with with recently released this is a brand new tent from go mammoth called the bunker and um it's really cool it's it's built extremely well um it aluminum fits. it's extremely it, it well fits on the, rack. the adventure rack system stuff perfectly yeah it's it's cool nice how much does it weigh it's about 160 pounds, I believe. Um, we actually we did a little install video while we had Will um, out in New Jersey with us of taking it out of the box and, and throwing it up on her Jeep. Literally taking it out of the box, putting it on her Jeep, and tightening down four bolts on the adventure rack system took us, I don't know, 20 minutes. Yeah. Total. Easy. Done. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, super fast, super – I mean, it's – it's a sturdy, sturdy tent, so it needed a very sturdy rack. And, uh, well, we know that company, so. I know somebody over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, is, which has been fun. Adventure Rack Systems has been, you know, we haven't done a lot. We did just release a TJ product, though. Yes. Did you see that? that? Yeah, so and there was some modification of working at LJ. It's designed for a TJ, but there's a couple little bit of mods that can happen where it'll fit in back in an LJ. 
but it is a fully adjustable rack system. And uh, on a TJ, it's pretty awesome because you can actually put it in there. And if you put it at the right level, it also becomes a bit of security for things you might have in your in there in the back when your tops off and it just it lines up perfectly with you can line it up perfectly with your uh, with your tailgate. Um, and so you can have some things strapped on top. You can also use it for security for things you might be putting down below and uh, makes for a really, really nice, simple, lightweight rack system for the back of the TJ. That's awesome. That's awesome. Much like me, and you got to have to have kids back there, so you got to throw them back in, which is kind of a weird thing. I just want to kind of put this out. Like, my kids want to go riding around in the TJ, and I just hit the microphone. If I put a car seat in a TJ back seat with the top off, the kids are sitting higher than the sidewall of the Jeep. Yeah, it, wow. It, it, it feels kind of weird to do that. Like I, I, I feel like they're up higher. Like they've now, they now have full access to just basically be thrown out the side of the Jeep if something happens. Like even if they remember both- that company, there was a company called Wrangler, but it was R A I N G L E R, and they made these like cargo style nets that went on the side of an LJ. And for uh, some yeah. reason, it, they just came into my mind when you said, yeah, you can put them. That way they can just bounce off the net. I like <laughs> it. I like it. Just do that. Well, I can, I can always give our buddy, uh, you know, Chris, a call at Spiderweb Shade and have him make some custom ones for me. Just to just to lock go. in the kids. Yeah. And what, with the bungee balls, it would be like a sideways trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention that to them. They'll be bouncing off one side to the other side, one side to the other side. I will say, I so so the top has been off the TJ and it, it was off, and I I've been driving it off and on, right, going between the 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 JT and the TJ. The TJ is just more fun. It's like a little sports car. It's, to me, it's like the equivalent of a of a Jeepers sports car. It's just a fun fun rig to drive. Stick shift, you know, it's a ninety eight. But I I had it and I put the spiderweb shade on because. The previous one I had ended up getting destroyed for some reason. And so we put a new one on and I got it, you know, it was a big deal. And I've been running around kind of with a baseball cap on and some sunglasses and just kind of doing that prior to putting it on. It really makes a huge, huge difference. And you forget how much of a difference it makes, right? But you put that spiderweb shade on and it's just, I don't have to wear the ball cap. It's, it, it cools down the vehicle. I mean, it, the sun gets dissipated. It really is a great product. Yeah, it, I agree. And it's funny because um, not very long ago, Jesse was really looking at, um, and I'm sure you've seen them, those clear lids that are like, a, a, they're made out of some kind of a plastic. They're a clear acrylic poly or, or acrylic or something. But right. it's, it's a clear piece that goes above your head. And uh, I talked to a guy in New Jersey on the beach. He had one. He got up on the trailer and I said, oh. How do you like that? And he said, well, it's really cool to look through, but I'm literally a piece of bacon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Probably need like a like a a two way uh, filter on that, like a two way um, uh, window tint. tint. Yeah, a tint so you can see out but not in. Maybe maybe mirrored. There you go. I don't know. Is that is that illegal to put a mirrored surface on the top of your vehicle? That affects some airplanes someplace. <laughs> yeah, there's probably something that somebody's not going to like about that. I'm guessing. Yeah, no, that would be 
that that's because I do they make a tinted version. It would make total yeah, sense to make a tinted. It's like smoke, I think, or something. Yeah, smoke plastic. Yeah, because all that does that just replaces your your um, freedom tops, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a clever idea. They've been around for a while too, I think. A couple of years. Yeah, I I I'd much rather have the spiderweb shade on there. And now he has it for the jail. He has it in the two-piece system, right? So you can do it in the front that just just handles the area where the uh, where the freedom tops are. Or you can do a full complete one that goes all the way back. Or you can do a two-piece front and back. I still want one for the gladiator, though, that goes just covers the bed. Oh, yeah, just the bed. That would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah just, just something that pops on the bed that I can roll up back and I can pop it out when I throw some groceries or something in there. And you know, it, it's like right now, it's cool with the with the tent on there, with the side stuff on there, with the rack. You can throw anything there back there. You don't get a lot of wind rustling to pull things out, right? Gotcha. But but if you take the tent off, all of a sudden that opens up, and I can't just throw a bunch of cardboard in the back to take to the office and throw in the dumpster. So right, just stuff to there. blow out. Sure. Right. So, Chris, I know you're listening to us because you're a faithful listener of the, of the show because, you you know, you can't get enough Corey, Jesse, and Matson. So if you are listening, just JT, man, just the JT back, like a little tonneau cover type of thing, small enough to be able to roll up, put it in there. That's all we need. Yeah, I have to maybe bring that up. It, we saw some really bizarre trends, and I, I always think it's interesting going to the East Coast um, because we just see things, it, they seem to be a little delayed in the East and I don't know what, what that is really. Um, but we still see a lot of TJs, a lot of LJs. And of course, Jesse mentioned the XJs. I, I'm guessing that what we had on the trailer in, in the last three weeks was probably three to one XJs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so kind, I'm, of, kind of different. What, what era? Um, mostly Eastern Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. But as far as like, uh, are we talking early XJs? We're talking like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious because it's like most of those things are so rusted out from the east. Like, are they are they buying these from California and shipping them back out? I mean, uh, there were a lot of them. The, the ones that were in the best shape were, of course, like '98, '99, like the the Cherokee classics. You know, the that still had the four liter. Mm, okay. Um, so, and we even saw some, we saw some YJs, we saw some ZJs, like it was, it was yeah. a, it was the Cherokee, uh, Cherokee month, I think. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, having closed doors and a closed top and uh, a relatively cheap vehicle with AC running, it's not a bad deal. No, there's definitely something to be said for that. And, you know, out East, those parks tend to be a little bit, uh, they can be a little bit extreme. So to not want to scratch up your $75,000 Jeep, I understand that. So we had some good news pop up last week. Uh, you can guys, it popped up a modern Jeeper. You can check it out. But um, out here in the West Coast, Oceana Dunes, the, uh, the judge overruled the, what, the commission that has this idea that they're totally in charge of our coast, the California Coastal Commission. You would think from its name that that's true, but... There are rules and laws that supersede what they can or can't do. So when they decided that they wanted no more OHV activity um, on Oceano Dunes, Pismo Beach area, um, all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, well, no. Groups came out and were smart about it, filed lawsuit, including SEMA, 
led by SEMA with a lot of other organizations involved um, to fight for the right that the reality is the law specifies OHV usage and therefore that cannot be overcome by a governor appointed commission. And so it was determined that, uh, that yes, you can go out there and play with your OHV vehicle on Oceano Dunes. Now, does that mean the fight's over? No, because it could be no. that, that, that the, those that want it will say, well, we have to just go in a different angle or a different way or a different thing. So they're going to try other ways to close it down, which means going back and attacking the law because basically the, government, the, the courts have said, this is the avenue you have to take. But for now, the Coastal Commission has been told they can't do it. That sets a That's precedent. Right. And it also sets a precedent for other things that the Coastal Commission may have tried to do or be trying to do. And so for us, it's a, it's a win out here, and that's that's awesome. And for all of you yeah, that helped me in the fight, thank you. Our friends at uh, our friend Greg Cottrell at Rugged Radios was a huge um, supporter and advocate for land use out there, and was a fighter in that Oceana Dunes, that whole project. So yeah, it's really cool to see something like that where we actually uh, we we come out ahead for once instead of you know so many so many times. And we've talked about this too in the past, but so many times they'll, they're going to take 20,000 acres from us and we go, no, no, no. And they say, well, okay, we'll just take 15. And we go, yay, we won. We got 5,000 acres. No, that's not how this works. Nope. Incremental. They play the long game and it's an incremental loss here. A little bit there, a little bit there, a little bit there. Next, you know, you, you don't remember you had a toe before. You just take a little bit off of the nail, a little bit here and a little bit there. You don't remember what it was like. You know, what did did Ronald Reagan say? One of his famous quotes was that, um, you know, uh, what is it? A loss of freedom is only a generation away. Yes. When you when a little bit goes and a little bit goes and a little bit goes next, you know, our kids and my kids um, don't know what it was like don't know what freedom really is like because they haven't experienced it. Hell, they have no freedom in my house, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, that, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, we it's no difference than, than what they, they do to us every day. It's, it's gas prices being, oh, it, they went up a little bit, but they'll come back down. And, and, and you know what? What's interesting is lately they gas prices have come back down a little bit, but when gas prices go up, I, I had an interesting conversation at a truck stop the other day. The gentleman said, you know, if they keep if they if they make diesel prices higher, how long do you think before groceries go up? And he was a he was an over the road driver and, and worked for a large company and he said, you know, these these prices, the companies have to pay more for fuel, and all of those things just roll right down to the consumer. So all of those products that you're wondering why the price of eggs went up or whatever. Well, it's because it costs more money to then transport them and everybody's going to get paid. That's not going to change. I paid, I paid $32 for two and a half gallons of death in a box uh, yesterday. Wow. How much? $32. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. When it, at the pump, I mean, when the, when you go to a, where it's, it's actually available at a, at a truck stop with the, with diesel itself. Usually, it's about the same price as diesel, around four, maybe four fifty a gallon. So two and a half gallons for thirty two dollars is a little bit uh, well. That's robbery. Yeah, 
what do they say? Loves is like the biggest producer of, of death in the yeah. country. Yeah. That's right. Sure. Why not? Hmm. Let's go back. Let's see if there were any loves lobbyists in that, uh, in that legislative process. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we got to keep, you know, we got to keep producing lithium so we can still make it batteries. And uh, oh, that's a whole nothing. Never mind. I'm, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. There's a glut on the market of uh, of electric vehicles. They can't sell yeah. them. They're stuck into the lots. It's like people don't actually want them. And what, what's uh, going to happen when Dodge comes out with their electric muscle cars and nobody buys them? That would be interesting if if people. I, boy, I don't know. I mean. There are sure some folks out there that still have quite a bit of money. Oh, and to, as a side note, I will say that if you're looking for a really, really nice Ferrari 458, Kevin Williams of Lightbright fame is actually trying to sell his. Um, it's a gorgeous car. If I had an extra $200,000 laying around, I'd buy it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Kevin, why did you buy the damn thing in the first place? <laughs> and of course now everybody's giving him a hard time about oh you know hope you're they're, they are fine as far as i know they're they're doing fine they just it's time to you know you, it's it's kind of like everybody you, you can't drive five rigs in your garage all the time it's kind of difficult he does like his modern jeeper um his modern jeeper uh, social distancing shirt he wears that all the time yes so, he's yes. a modern jeeper fan we love him we love all people. That's who we are. That's right. Except we just got. We saw yesterday that the uh, San Juan Mountain uh, Group Facebook page posted that uh, Black Bear Pass will not open this year in Uray, Colorado. Wow. Uh, they 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 blamed because of the snowpack and the avalanches, but you know what? For me, quite honestly, I, I think that it's actually a really good idea to give that trail. A break. Um, I can't tell you how many people that we've talked with, and it has become their bucket list item of things to do. And you know, I it, again, our trails are getting overrun. And when you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people on a trail that usually only sees a few hundred in a year, it, it doesn't do the trail any good. So maybe a trail opening. Uh, not opening this year is okay. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, it's it's I'll, a it's a it's a thing. But I'm maybe sure I'll we, get lit up. Yeah. Yeah. At the same but time, it's like, know. well, we, we're we're responsible partly for promoting trails, so um, maybe you need to stop talking about the damn things. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Unfortunately, um, there's. Now that uh, so many people can work from wherever, uh, there's a lot of freedom, I think, in people's lives, which is absolutely awesome and amazing. Yet, at some point, we have to start taking care of our land again and not just abusing it and using it. Well, the easy solution there is to play the game of, well, okay, now you have to have a permit to go on a trail or you have to pay a certain fee to go on a trail or they limit the number of people going on the trail, which is not unheard of. Because they have done it. They do that. Listen, we're going to go to Monterey, I think the same weekend that Sierra Trek's happening. That's like the next event after um, after Jeep Jamboree up here in Sierra Trek on August 10th through the 13th. And I think we're going to Monterey on the 13th because Louisa needs to take her test for his, her L1 CrossFit um, certification. 
Um, oh, nice. And it's like, oh, good. Well, one of the things we could do is go to the Monterey Aquarium. Yeah, no. Between four kiddos and um, and two adults, I think it's like eight hundred dollars, seven or eight hundred dollars for for tickets. I mean, it's insane. What? Oh, it's incredibly expensive oh, to, wow. to go to the aquarium, and um, it's just very, very expensive. Now, what have they done? Well, they said, well, you know, if we keep prices cheap, we're just going to have too many people, so we will moderate and modulate our market by raising the prices so it's not for everybody some people really want to go that's fine but if you want to go you have to pay a higher price and it's not because they're trying to pull in the money to to manage all these people and stuff listen they get massive grants i'm sure from the government and from other things for this work they do because the aquarium isn't just a show place. It's a place where they do a lot of research. They have support. They do stuff. They, they do stuff in the Monterey Bay. So there's a lot of money there. And I'm sure it still is an overhead cost involved. But what they're charging has to be more about modulating the number of people that go through the door than it is about just purely profit. Well, and I, I understand the, the, the what, what bothers me about that is the folks that maybe – aren't so privileged or just don't have those kind of funds. And so now their kids and, and themselves will never get to experience something like that just because they, they don't make, you know, a bunch of external uh, extra money to be able to spend right. on stuff like that. Right. And that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. That's, that's why they have these other little aquariums that are popping up as strip malls, which are um, just gross. I'm sorry. I, I, there's, there's, there's one of them over here in Folsom in the Palladio. Um, I've gone there a couple of times. Every time I go in, I'm just like, nobody who's responsible for trying to keep the place clean. Who's responsible for trying to make sure that maintenance is done right. Who's responsible. It just, it feels like, I don't know. just feels like these animals are being overfed, disabused in a, in a dirty environment. You're walking along, there's food on the floor. There's, it just, it just, I don't know. I, I'll talk about that some other time, but you know that it is, and it's a cheap one. I mean, it is relatively cheap comparatively, and kids can go in there and play, and they can they can see, they can touch these little tiny stingrays that will come up and and bite, you know, feed food out of your hand all day, being fed all day, right? It's um, and you can pet little petting zoo areas and stuff. That's all fun and games, right? And it's better than some of the zoos because Sacramento used to have a great zoo. Now it's just kind of a walk around zoo and it doesn't even have it doesn't even have elephants anymore. I mean what kind of zoo doesn't oh, have wow. elephants? Every kid wants <laughs> right. So but anyway, that's a whole nother story. We can go down that path some other time. Well, guys, okay, so you're going back all for fun and then is it back home for how long of a break? Yep, yeah, well, we're actually home for I think about ten days ish, and then we're reloading, maintenance, everything, washing everything. Uh, we'll be back on the road in like I think about ten days or so after we get home. We're heading back, back to go back east. Uh, Smoky Mountain will be the the um, our Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion will be kind of our next big event. And then, of course, we've still got some jobbers to touch base with, some shops to hit. We'll probably touch base with our, our friends in West Virginia. Um, Senator Mark Maynard will be out there and Jerry Bain and those guys. And so we may get to 
to go play with them for, for a day or two. I know that there's stuff going on at Windrock out there during Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be putting that tour schedule probably together in the next couple of days after we get home, uh, get caught back up a little bit, kind of regroup and uh, make sure we're, we're hitting folks that uh, that are, are, are wanting to, to have us come by and say hi. So, yeah, you know, and that, that'll probably be another short tour of about a month. Yeah. Hopefully my Jeep will be fixed. <laughs> my graphics will be on it. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. So much to do. Always something. How is your Jeep? Always something. Yeah, we got some additional some additional fixes to Jexy's wrap after the Artemis that, that we've been trying to get done. And so it'll take place hopefully when we get home. Jeep has actually, they think they've found, you know, we talked about her issue with the front locker and the service locker error codes that a lot of JLs are, are having problems with. And then our friends at um, uh, Taser uh, made the little pigtail that basically fools the sensors in the differential to say, hey, it's okay, computer, the sensors are fine. And literally, there's a sensor in the differential, and it, it lives in oil, and it sits in there and says, yep, the locker is functioning, and this, it'll, it'll tell you whether it's the, the plate has moved over to locked or not locked. Well, apparently, these sensors fill with oil. They go bad. So initially, we thought maybe that was the problem, Taser came out with a little pigtail, and uh, they actually have worked on a lot of JLs and gladiators, uh, and mostly this happens on the rear. Well, Jesse's was on the front. We kind of, we, we, we took it all apart at uh, Christian uh, Lunas Off-Road, Christian uh, Peterson's shop in near Memphis. We took it apart put an additional sensor in it that the Jeep dealership gave us. That didn't change it. Took it to our Jeep dealership once we got home. They worked on it for nine days. days And on the last day, after the the sensors, they said were were fine. There is a TSB out there about these sensors. But they said, no, that wasn't the problem. They traced wires all the way back to the uh, control module on the transfer case. So we don't know what the fix is yet. The dealer, our dealership says they've, they've, they've found the problem. When she got her Jeep back, it does not say airlocker needs service anymore. Uh, but we haven't touched it. We haven't touched it because we've been on the road. So hopefully there's something that comes of this and we'll keep everybody posted as to what they, they tell us. Yeah, definitely. This is not a good thing, Jeep. Let's try to fix these things faster. Come on, people don't get to use this. this is the prime wheeling time. That's right. Yeah, and this this whole the the TSB basically uh, the part number for that uh, fix. They send you five a box of five of these sensors, and apparently each sensor has a different resistance. And Jeep literally tells the shops to just keep trying them until the code goes away. Really? Just keep trying them. That's great. That's great. Just keep throwing. Just keep throwing mud on the wall. See what sticks. Well, it's better than throwing axles at the wall. Yeah. So their their repair was to replace the entire front axle, which they've done on a number of Jeeps as well. But I don't know. Maybe there was two different issues going on there. But yeah, kind of interesting. Interesting. Well, Interesting. interesting. 
that seems to be the life of Corey and Jesse on the road, my friends. Yeah. It, it will, so, so are we going to be able to be on the show again next week? We should be actually home in nice. in our in a real computer, not driving down the highway. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Awesome. Well, guys, I appreciate you taking the time while you're on the on the road to to say hi to our fans because it's been a while. They missed you, and uh, even though you can see them, and if you follow, what's what do you guys? I don't even know where you're posting now. Like they follow it's CTI on tour. CTI tour, yeah. Okay, CTI tour on uh, on Instagram. Um, Facebook and Facebook and Facebook to see where they are, where they're going, where they're going to stop at next. So if you're in Colorado, get out to all for fun, say hi to them, but pay attention to where they're going to be showing up at what uh, different shops. Because even if you're just coming by to say hi, they like that. You don't have to be going for a CTI trip. Right. And, and I have to say a shout out to three of our awesome people. It's their birthday today. Christian. I have Charles. And I have Chris Canary. So, yeah. wow. happy birthday, guys. Three of our industry folks, all birthdays today. So, Dang. Somebody's getting drunk. Don't be me. <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out to everybody. Hey, all right, Modern Jeepers, thank you for joining us. It's another great episode, and I uh, hope you can catch up and with all of us and what's going on. Check out previous episodes. There is an episode where we just talked to the um, – the uh, one of the coordinators for All for Fun back in the day. I'm trying. I was trying to look it up while we we're going, which is why many of you may have seen my head down like this. I was trying to look it up um, to see which episode number it was. I don't have that, but we'll try to put that in the show notes. Um, so that had to be a while ago. That was, um, gosh, that was Corey Ball, I think, way back when. Yeah, so that'd probably been like year one, wouldn't it? I, I would think so. Yeah, that that sounds like it would have been uh, way, way, way long time. Way long time. Yep. Way long time. Way long time. Me long time. All right. For all of our modern Jeeper fans, appreciate you. We will see you on the trails. Cheers, guys. See ya. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.